I can remember the moment. It was just shame. Um, and, you know, I don't like to say it, but, you know, that's that's what it was, is, you know, blokes like to have a have a sort of a, a, an image of what they see themselves at as, and, and that they hit home that I, I was nothing like I wanted to be. I, was, I wasn't the man that I wanted to be. If you are a dad of Australia, have a passion and desire for improving your health, your fitness, and love to either run, cycle, or swim, then this podcast is for you. Fit Dads Australia podcast is where we wish to provide a platform of information to the dads of Australia to help dads become healthier and fitter through the wisdom of others that we interview on this podcast. Hey guys, my name's Nathan and I am a dad just like you listening on trying to be better for my family and for myself. I have previously been unhealthy, overweight, unfit for parts of my life and I really couldn't imagine being like that now as a father of two. So my goal is to find other like-minded dads of Australia who care about their health and well-being and have a passion in particular with endurance sports like running, cycling or swimming. I hope you enjoy these conversations with inspirational dads of Australia, otherwise known as the Fit Dads Australia podcast. Welcome to Fit Dads Australia podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So, oh, Nathan, it's been a real pleasure, mate. Happy we'll to be, be aboard. We'll be able to kind of go over your journey and uh, definitely dive into some of your aspirations. And I, I know you've just finished the the Ultra Trail Australia as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I uh, UTA one hundred uh, yep. a few weeks ago for my first hundred uh, k ultra marathon. So that was that was about eighteen months in the making. By the time that event had. Uh, rolled over through COVID cancellations and whatnot. That was a uh, a brute of an event, um, but one to one to tick off the list and a and a really a really big one to um, finally get over the line after a tough year. Oh, I'm so excited to get to it. We've actually had about I think we've had two fifty kilometers, and then there's been a previous hundred kilometer racer as well. That's what we've had on the podcast, and even just hearing the stories about training for such an event, it's just so extreme. <laughs> it's it's definitely something that's for sure, especially with kids and a family. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I guess give us a give us a bit of a breakdown of your background and. You know, you've you've got two two young kids, and how how do you kind of land yourself in a position of running a hundred kilometres? Yeah, so grew up as a bit of a country boy, uh, just outside Canberra. Played rugby as a kid, um, only through till about I guess fourteen years old, and then basically gave up athletic sports um, for for many many years after that. Um, out out of high school, uh, my my passion was motorsport. I uh, got into the motorsport industry for about a decade, spent about 10 years uh, working as a race mechanic and pit stop crew through the V8 Supercar Series. Mm. Um, and once I, I met my beautiful wife while I was I was working that job and uh, sort of figured that industry and that career was uh, very much a single man's job. Um, you, you travel a lot um, all over the country, a few in, international trips for races and whatnot, but it was a very ad lib um, kind of an industry where 
you, you literally couldn't plan any any sort of family event on any weekend of the year because you had no idea whether whether your car was going to get um, scraped along the side of a concrete wall and you'd lose all your weekends trying to turn it back into a race car or anything like that. And I sort of saw saw where that was heading long term and got out of that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and through there, my my second hobby was sort of um, got into bushwalking and mountain biking and and uh, those sorts of things in in what spare time I had, and uh, decided to step out of there and and do a bit of reschooling. Uh, studied outdoor recreation, which is essentially adventure guiding, um, and start worked in that industry for about five years. Uh, at what po- at which point I, I had my first child while I was in that industry, my son Ben. Um, and just as I got out of there and into uh, events promotions and, and marketing, which I'm in now, um, I had my my second child, my daughter Ellie. And uh, and here we are today, a, a lovely little family of four. That's fantastic. So so it was a big transition, obviously going from. Like your bushwalking and mountain bike riding into your outdoor recreation was that like? Did you find that you wanted to do something like that through the bushwalking you had done, or have you always done those sorts of things as a kid? I'd done them as a kid. Like I was, I went through the Cubs and Scouts system as a kid, and it's sort of through that. Uh, like like a lot of dads, um, you know, I I struggle with uh, mental health and mental illnesses at times, and through that motorsport era, um, I had some struggles and. One of the ways that I, one of the things that I use and mechanisms to cope uh, through that was was finding that exercise outlet. And at that time, mm-hmm. it was um, heading out bush, um, you know, for some solo hiking and picked up the mountain bike and never did anything too extraordinary. Um, was never all that good a mountain biker. I, I spent a lot more time with um, with my face in the dirt than uh, in scaling any great heights of, of mountain <laughs> biking. Um, but it, it, it sort of brought that a little bit of a focus towards that health and fitness um, side back into my life because uh, being so deep in that motorsport industry um, that, that takes up so much time, there, was, there wasn't much else for uh, too much going on around that and, mm-hmm. and uh, lost a bit of health and fitness through that period and, and it was the 20s as well and, and like most blokes would know, there's a lot of distractions when you're 20, um, you know, nights out on the town and whatnot. So, um, you know, lost lost that sort of base health and fitness, I guess, that I had as a kid. Mm. What what? So what was the age that you were kind of doing the motorsport from, like from when to when? Uh, basically high school. So 18 through till I think I was about 29 when I came out of that. Okay. Um, and then that was that that slight tra- a transition into the outdoor outdoor industry. But um, as I got into that industry, comparatively uh, late in life to most, um, I actually fast tracked fairly quickly through to a management position, which meant that while it sounds like an adventurous and and healthy job, I, I spent forty hours stuck behind a desk, um, mm. and and really my health. That's probably the worst my health. Had ever got to while I was in that industry there. Oh wow! Um, that was the outdoor but, recreation, you're saying? Correct. Yeah, correct. So that's probably when it was at my worst, and and I'd say um, one of the one of the main reasons for that was that I was behind a desk. But another was um, we we had our first child, and as silly as it will sound, um, uh, potentially some fathers will be able to. Um, to, to recognise this in themselves or, or, or have experienced this themselves. But as a first-time parent, 
um, and wanting to be a really engaged parent, I felt that every second I wasn't at work was a second that I, I had to be, you know, with my wife, with my son, filling in for the things that I hadn't been able to do while I was at work, like taking the night feeds and everything that goes around that and essentially removed any me time from the equation and and uh, that life balance that everybody talks about just sort of fell right out of whack and my son was probably six months old, maybe close to a year old, uh, when I peaked at my heaviest weight. Um, I got up to 113 kilograms and started having started having some health issues. I was sick a lot, um, you know, picked up every little virus that was flowing, floating around and every cold and, and whatnot, and I, I started having some checks and some scans done, and, and my, my GP sat me down one day with some scans and said, um, we've, you've got early onset fatty liver, and it's it's purely due to your your health and your lifestyle and he uh you know i remember this i remember this moment vividly um that that he he sort of looked at me and said you're at a crossroads you you can do something about this now um if this goes on much further you'll have issues for your life um but you you do have the ability to do something about this right now if you change your your health habits your eating habits and um and and exercise regularly, you can reverse this. And that that hit home like a lightning bolt, to mm-hmm. be honest. Because um, you know, I went home and within that week, um, I remember vividly walking from the back of my house to the front of my house to read my son a book, and I was puffed. Uh, no stairs, no anything, and it, it it just all hit me like a ton of bricks that week. That slowly but surely, I'd sort of ended up down this rabbit hole and um, was carrying far too much weight, had zero fitness, zero health. And while I was in my head spending every second I could with my family, the quality of me was so low that the, the time spent with them was was poor quality. Um, that week I, I went and bought a gym membership. Um, about three or four weeks after that, I remember one morning before work going to the gym and running an entire kilometre without stopping and I was so over the moon that I'd been able to run one kilometre at maybe seven-minute pace that the that um, the dads out there would, would know the reference. <laughs> um, I was late for work that day because I just had to drive home first, hug my wife. I was just so amazed that I'd been able to run a whole kilometre um, that it, it was just this monstrous turning point in my life, and um, yeah, just just an amazing period to be able to actually stop, assess, and change the direction that you're going in. Mm-hmm. So, what, what, I guess, like, just for the listeners, where's this on your timeline? So, you're at the end of twenty, age of twenty nine, you you leave the motorsport stuff, and you slowly get into the bushwalking and your outdoor your outdoor wreck, and that's where you really kind of snowboard the wrong way is that what you're saying yeah this would be around 33 i'm 30 okay. well 39 next week so yeah six years ago that would be around that time frame and and one big thing that i i learned out of that um and this is a, a, a tip that i would give anybody who's who's looking to um to make a change and and, and turn around is have a target that's big 
um, tell the world about that target and and you're accountable to everybody. But without without that process being putting a process like that in place, then I just would have reverted to type. Um, but I was I was reading a book at the time um, called The Fat Paddler about a a, a Sydney gent who um, had gone through some issues and he picked an event um, that that some of the dads may have heard of called the Hawkesbury Canoe Classic um, that runs it's a, a, a one one day kayaking event from Windsor in Western Sydney, the full length of the Hawkesbury to Brooklyn. So 111, wow. 111 kilometres overnight. So it starts in four in the afternoon and you have to paddle overnight. Um, <laughs> because I had access to kayaks um, and whatnot through through my job, I, uh, I, I booked myself in with an entry, um, started raising money uh, for the Arrow Bone Marrow trans- uh, uh, the Foundation that, that is a part of that event. Um, like I said, I told everybody about it and then because everyone would ask questions, I had to keep on going and I had to train and I, I, I had to follow through and, um, six months later on the start line of that race, I dropped 35 kilos from that doctor's appointment, um, and, and finished that event off in, uh, just over 16 hours, um, with my, my father-in-law and my best mate crewing me along the way. And we all just sort of got my family together and, and, and the gents and, and, you know, had a huge cry at the end of that one because it had been a, a a pretty transformational year, a transformational period in, in, in all of our lives. Yeah. Oh, my. That is an absolutely amazing story. So you're, you needed that, what they, what they call it, the big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> exactly. That, yeah, it's exactly right. Like if I'd, if I'd set my goal at, I mean, sorry, there's two ways to look at this, I guess. Yes, I needed a huge, audacious goal. I needed to be accountable for it, but I also needed um, milestone mm. um, milestones along that journey. Um, you know, if my end goal had been to run two kilometres, um, that that would have been quite a small goal that you know yeah. I wouldn't have felt the pressure to actually fulfil. Um, however, as a milestone, running two kilometres was actually a pretty good milestone when I started. Yeah. Um, so they're they're the things, and and as we get on to some of my other adventures, um, you'll see milestone um, milestones towards a major goal are, are a very big thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's like it's that requirement in your back of your head. You kind of like if I if I don't do this now or this little thing now, I'm not going to be able to do this big thing in six months, in seven months, Correct. and they they all you know the, the compounding effect, right? So it's every, all these little small things do add up into this what typically everyone else sees on the surface is just these amazing events, but it's, it's really getting into a deep where it's like these, like you said, the milestones, right. Where, where it really matters. Yeah. I, I find a big goal. I think about a, a big goal as a brick wall. Now, if you tried to lift a brick wall in one go, you'd have zero chance. But if you put one brick every day on the ground and up on top of each other, six mm-hmm. months, 12 months down the track, you've got your wall. Yeah. Um, there, there's no it, way absolutely there's <laughs> yeah. there's no way that you can like th- there's no zero chance in the world if that day at the doctors he said you should go and run 100 kilometers through the blue mountains i would have just walked out thinking that he was insane but when you pick a target that big and work back from it and milestone you know 12 months out six months out from that event um you can put all those bricks in place 
to be able to achieve something that big. So when you're when you're reading and getting breathless reading to your son and you had that very, very impactful moment where you were getting breathless just doing that, what what are some like, you know, wake up the next day, what does that actually look like? How do you make that initial change? What what are some actual actions that we're talking about here? Well, I can remember the moment. It was just shame. Um and, you know, I don't like to say it, but you know, that's that's what it was, is you know, Blokes like to have a have a sort of a, a, an image of what they see themselves at as and and that day hit home that I, I was nothing like I wanted to be. I was I wasn't the man that I wanted to be. Um, so once I'd sort of got my head around that fact and and essentially been given um, given guidance or given permission by by the doctor essentially my GP that. You know, I have the ability at this point in time to do something about it. Then it, it actually was um, a, a very lucky step. Like I was a ooh, what was it? What have I been? A thirteen-year smoker leading up to that point as well. Okay, um, yeah. So pro- just before that, just before this period, before my son was born, I quit. Um, but I, through the experience of that, knowing there is a there is a point when it becomes almost easy because you're mentally prepared for the change. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that, that week where, I, you know, I saw my GP and, and um, you know, I was, I was huffing reading a, a spot book, I think it was, um, you know, not, not a, no, no great novel that I was struggling through, <laughs> put it that way. There wasn't yeah. a lot of lines, but um you know that that was the thing to the, the thing to go right. This actually changes now because you know you, you put you put your child to sleep and you look down at them and you think, well, what 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 do I want them to see when they wake up tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And so, it, uh, it wasn't what he was looking at at the time. Put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And even for yourself, I gather in the mirror, right, like the way that you're Correct. talking. So you know, waking up the next day, how do you how do you go about? You've got all these emotions running through, and you just know that you know changes upon you, and you're you're kind of ready to to obviously do this. What what? How do you go about losing thirty five kilos, and how do you go about training for such an event where you're rowing and <laughs> things for sixteen hours out of out of what from no training to then obviously doing something like that? It's it's, it's crazy to listen to. You know, what to be what, honest? How, where do you start? To be honest, it was crazy unspecific. Um, I I felt that the easiest, not the easiest, the the most effective way for me. Uh, we live fairly close to a gym um, that I'd seen people at regularly because it was it was sort of next door to a place we used to go and eat a buffet. Um, so <laughs> seems seems ironic now. Um, now that I say it like that, but um, I knew it was there. I, I was driving to work that that morning, and there was a radio ad on for. Um, you know, for new membership discounts, comes with a free Fitbit, and I'm like, oh, I could use a Fitbit too, and uh, signed up online when I was at work that day, and went down the next morning and walked around a gym for literally the first time in my life, trying to figure out what to do, um, and just sat on an exercise bike and and um, watched the TV for about 20 minutes, and um, and and went home <laughs> and um, mm. just just started doing that regularly and you know when you when you create a habit like that um, and you're doing regular training of any any kind um, 
things become easier um, as you start seeing benefits, especially when you're like I, I found in, in my experience um, starting from such a low base um, uh, physically, I guess, from, you know, what, what your heart rate and your lung capacity and everything was capable of and carrying so much weight, you could you could walk twenty minutes on a treadmill and burn five hundred calories or something. Mm. It was it seemed like the first few months, every week you'd be half a kilo or a kilo off. Um, it seemed to fall off. It's it's very hard to lose now that mm. um, the body's a bit more efficient. But um, it's uh, at that stage, you know, you could see tangible change and benefits on a regular basis. So you're sort of riding riding the crest of a wave. Um, for for a period there, and bought myself my first road bike through that period as well, um, just as a training thing, um, with no real vision on where it was going, and um, was was sitting at home one day and thought, huh, I can swim, I think. Um, <laughs> there's this triathlon club. Maybe I'll try a triathlon just so that'll give me a milestone to work at on the way to the kayaking event. Um, and I did a did a duathlon. So the first one I did, I didn't have to swim, which was a, a nice entry for me. And um, it turns like I finished the finished the kayak event. And while that was a um, obviously a monumental achievement personally for me, reflection reflecting back on it, I thought, hmm, I actually like that triathlon a lot too. I might take mm-hmm. that up now and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, talking about even just quickly going back to the like losing weight and getting into it, obviously it sounds like exercise or the, just getting into the training and having this big, hairy, audacious goal was requiring you to act as well as all the feelings that you were going through. Was there was there also a very component to your lifestyle that you adjusted besides the training? You know, was there something like diet or what, what, did, what did home life look like and how did that change with you making these massive drastic changes? Like, you know, obviously your wife had to go through the changes with you as well. Uh, how, can you walk me through that? Yeah, I'd say diet was the big one. Um, you know, I, I reckon we'd go through a one, two, five of um, soft drink daily. Um, very rarely would I not have seconds uh, for meals. When we went out to places, it was, you know, if there was a kilo steak challenge, I was the guy to to give it a crack because there's there's been some sort of, I guess, ambitious streak or um, competitive streak or something in me that was mm-hmm. that was kind of misguided there for a while, I guess. But, um, you know, it, it, it'd, I'd always be buying the biggest thing on the menu and, um, you know, throw an entree in there as well and, have a few cokes with it or a few beers with it as well, and um, we we didn't go crazy. Uh, we had we didn't you know go from night to day to plant based or anything anything overnight. Uh, we just sort of went right. We, let's just stop buying soft drink, um, and there goes you know a, a huge problem right there. Um, when we you know I, I, I even today when I'm um, into a into a race prep. I, I cook a meal, serve a meal, and then try and put what's left in the fridge before I even eat. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I'm not halfway through my dinner going, uh, there's some still in the pan. I might just go and have a little top up because, uh, you know, I still absolutely love my food. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's what a great I, idea! I've never I, heard that before. That's a yeah. fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like it's it's a it's a small step to go and put it on your plate. It's a much bigger step to have to go and microwave it. I find. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes that that step is just just enough to to discourage you from doing it. I guess. Definitely. But, um, you know, I think one of one of my favourite bits about doing a big race is the week after where I get to eat whatever I want. And, um, and and put some weight back on because I still passionately love eating food. Um, I uh, you just it's it's a just trying to build some discipline into what you're doing. And the I guess the events really help with that, right? Like it's yeah the 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 passion around even enjoyment of eating is probably not something. And this is myself included, right? Doesn't really kind of go. You just seem to learn to manage it, just like what you've already saying. When you're in race lead up, there's just different disciplines and different things that you'll do because of the event that you've got coming up 100 percent, and and that's sort of for the big ones for the big ones of course like there's a point say leading up to an ironman or a or ultra trail which are the you know the a races the ones that you aim at for a year mm-hmm. there's a there's a a block of training a period of training where um a, a switch will flick essentially and it's it's generally somewhere around two two and a half months out from the event and go right the crap stops now um you never you know you'd never buy that chocolate bar when you're filling up with petrol mm-hmm. if you're having coffee it's black you know it's it's you know because you with a with a goal that big you, you can't you can't fake it. One of the things I love about these big events is, you know, if you've got enough money, you can have have people drag you to the top of Everest these days. But you go on the start of a, an Ironman course, it's it's you in the course. There's nowhere to hide. There's mm-hmm. no way to fake it. Um, and there's a time cutoff. So you, you're either you, – what one thing that I, I've learned, um, you know, through through – the little I wouldn't say success as far as results, but success as far as achievements and and failures that I've had through this is one thing you can guarantee is that you'll get what you deserve. If you if you don't put in the hours, if you don't show the discipline, you, your outcome will be affected. It, there's a there's a direct link between the two. And if you if you do put in the extra training and you you do put in the recovery time and um, you know you do utilize your support network of your family and they're there to support you and and you get all that if you do all of those things together you absolutely will reap the benefits of it as well mm-hmm. yeah all those little one percenters yep for sure so okay so let's go from you're so you're, now you're diving into the triathlon world is that were you with the kind of olympic size type triathlon straight into the to the ironmans like how what was that sort of journey like itself I'll be honest. I didn't even know Ironman was a thing. I, I I had no idea. I found some local series up and down the the east coast here um, at uh, try a try level, basically. So I think my first few triathlons were like a uh, four hundred meter swim, a ten k ride, and maybe a three k run or something along those lines. And and they would you know lay me out. Um, they would they would flatten me, but once I'd done sort of three or four of them, I go, oh, what's a sprint triathlon? Let's have a look at that. Do I think I can do a sprint triathlon? And you get that done, and you're like, hmm, maybe next year I'm going to try an Olympic. Geez, that seems like a long way. Running a 10k after <laughs> riding 30 or 40 k's, whew, I'm not sure if that's that's a thing, but you know, let's train up and we'll give it a go. And um, 
once I, I I think I did my first Olympic try, um, just as I was transitioning into the the company and the business and industry I'm in now, and uh, I, I rolled up rolled up to work and and three of the guys at at that at the place that I work now um, had done a seventy point three a half Ironman mm-hmm. um, the year prior. And I, I sort of walked in and I'm like, I'm out of my depth here. Um, you know, I, I I felt like I'd, I'd uh, achieved some stuff personally by by getting these things done. And, and you walk into a room and everybody else has done twice the distance. You sort of, it's a, it's a humbling feeling, I guess. And they started sort of chatting around and I, I got to know them and we started running together at lunchtimes, um, doing the odd ride on a weekend. And I sort of thought, you know what? If these guys have pulled one off, there's maybe I can too. Um, and again, it, it comes down to that milestoning that we started chatting amongst ourselves, and we committed to doing uh, Port Macquarie um, seventy point three in. Poor, I'm going to say maybe seventeen, um, seventeen or yeah, seventeen it must be. And that was sort of six months out. Um, we we decided that that was a thing. So, you know, in my head, I was like, right, I've got to figure out how to swim two kilometres and started training, started doing regular two-kilometre swims in training um, in the pool and sort of ticked that fear off my list. Um, Mm -hmm. Needed to figure out how to ride 90 kilometres and started training, got a velodrome near work, so I'd I'd get up early, I'd hit the velodrome before the sun came up. There's no mm-hmm. no cars to buzz you when you're on a velodrome out in the dark. Um, so that was that was a that I spent a lot a lot of hours doing circles around that outdoor velodrome, training up for these races yeah. <laughs> before before the sun comes up. Uh, and we entered the um, Sydney to the Gong MS charity ride, which was 90 kilometres. Um, ticked that off and went, okay, I can do that. You know, I'd, I'd cross that barrier in my mind, and um, then in June, uh, uh, later that year, um, our local half marathon was on. That was the next one. So, um, had never run more than fourteen, fifteen kilometers in one session, um, and and started a, a half marathon and ticked off that twenty-one k, and sort of came out of that and went, okay, I can swim it, I can ride it. And I can run it. Now I have to go and do them all in one day, <laughs> and and that and that was that was the progression in my head um, to getting to getting to that event and 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 finishing my first seventy point three. And you and you've done quite a fair few of them now, right? You think you've done six? Is that correct? Oh yes, six or seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. including the Husky events, which are the, mm-hmm. you know that that sort of distance as well. So yeah, they they they're actually a, well. A, it sounds silly, but they're they're a good distance now that you can off when you're holding base fitness mm-hmm. um, for for longer stuff. You can actually turn those on at relatively short notice, and mm-hmm. um, they're they're good. I like I like those sort of events. I haven't actually done one for about a year. I'm I'm toying with the idea of of punching one out soon, but it means I'm going to have to learn how to swim again. Because uh, I've had a bit of focus on trail running and being out of the pool for a while, and that 
swim fitness disappears overnight. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm under no illusions how much that's going to hurt um, when I when I try that again. But I did get on the bike last week again and realised uh, how much I missed being on two wheels. So uh, there's there's a there's a idea floating around in the back of my head that you know that could be good training up for my you know one of those milestone things on the way through to my next big goal yeah i can i can hear it i can hear it what do you think if you've if you didn't have these events or maybe let's go over since you've done that massive like pivotal moment where you trained for the, the 16 hours from windsor to brooklyn mm-hmm. um had between like say now and since then have you had any kind of relapses or have you really just like you know like, this is what i've got to do i've got to keep setting these these goals for myself so that i kind of you know, maybe you have off seasons and on seasons, obviously with what you're talking about where you you dial it on maybe two or three months out of a particular performance race that you're looking to perform and then kind of hide back into base fitness for those other periods. But have you had any moments where, you know, you've really kind of let it lapse again or is it has it been a very continual progression into these sorts of things, especially, you know, leading into the ultra trail as well? I wouldn't say lapses as such. You're right, they go through periods. The thing that I've the first time it, it happened, um, I'll go into it in a sec. The first time it happened, I, I thought I was lapsing, um, but I've sort of learnt over time that this is a not just a regular thing for me, but for a lot of for a lot of people that um, have a have a long term goal is um, what we call the, the post Ironman blues. Oh, and you yep. and you can you can focus on one goal so intensely for so long that the month afterwards you've just got no direction. Mm. It um, you know, every morning for the last three months you've woken up and either strapped your shoes on, um, pumped your tires up or or jumped in a pool um because you know that you've got to get up, get this job done, get home in time for for breakfast so you can have breakfast with the kids, um, or get to work or whatever whatever that is, you know, you you've got to you've got to put in this work because of the goal. And when the goal's gone, um, it's it's very easy to um, to wander, I guess. Um, you know, without that solid um, baseline purpose, I guess, um, if that's the right term to use. Mm. Um, now I know it, uh, and I wish I'd sort of known it earlier. To be honest, um, I wish it was spoken about a little bit more. Um, and if anyone out there's been through it or or in the middle of it um you know feel free to reach out of course and I'd, I'd be more than happy to chat but it's it's uh it's it can be rough there for for a few weeks until you find a purpose and um you know i i to be honest am just coming back out the other side of it from uta at the moment um this week or next i'm about to start ticking off some milestone race entries um and that's usually the point where now I know it and accept it and understand what it is. I'm I just let the let the let the moment li- live in the moment, accept it for what it is. Mm. Um, don't try and fight it, um, and know that there is there is a point where you go, okay, I've got to I've got to stop eating quite as much um, as I am. I've uh, got to start turning this training back on a bit. The, the body's recovered now. We're able to do some more training. Um, need a goal even if it's a a milestone goal so let's see what races are coming up in the next two or three months um and and essentially get that get that underlying purpose back into 
um, into your into your pattern of life. Mm, I couldn't agree more, and, and even just particularly, or even personally resonating kind of with what you're going on about the post event blues. I know I think it must have been about a bit over ten years ago. I had done a, a large a large triathlon. It was like an ultra type of triathlon, um, mm-hmm. and and. You know, you just lead into these events like with everything that you've got. And I was obviously much younger. I didn't have kids at the time, so I could actually put all of that effort into it. Um, but the post-blues, I just didn't know about it, didn't hear about it, didn't yep. understand it, and it really rocked me for six. I think I lost about 14 kilos trying to do like going into the race. Yep. I'll tell you what, maybe within two or three weeks, I reckon I had put more weight on than I started with. Like it was, it's, I just, it's quick, isn't it? It's, it's there's. I mean, I'm I'm no I'm no psychologist by a long shot, but there's a there's there's some weird chemical things mm. going on with the body after after an event like that. That you know, you your body thinks you're about to go and burn out, you know, four or five thousand calories a day or whatever you're doing in yes. training leading up. So your body still wants to eat it. Body doesn't have anything to do with it, so you feel miserable and feel heavy and bloated and crap but your body's Mm. still saying hey give me more give me more um and you just sort of wallow a little bit is the is the best sort of term i can i can think of is um you know i I find through there these days um you know now that i know that it's coming um my, my my kids are great at helping me through that whether they don't understand it um but i i do um regular events and and things with my kids now um and that's their enthusiasm to get up and go and do a park run gets me up to go and do a park run and while i'm not out doing you know fartleks or you know hill sets or whatever i'm moving i'm out there the blood's flowing um i'm smiling we're having having a ball as a family um after uta the the day after day we got back from uta um my son said he he wanted to get a new razor scooter um so i went out and i bought two i got one for him and one for me because i figured i can't walk <laughs> <laughs> i can't walk so i might as well scoot with him and um that's been a thing for us now like we're we're um, i'm not sure when this will come out but we're currently in um the greater sydney lockdown at the moment and um i i i'm lucky well lucky slash unlucky enough to be classified in some of the stuff as that i do as a essential worker so um he's in care at the moment during holidays and i try and time getting home early enough start early in the day uh finish early enough to be able to um chuck his scooter in a backpack jump on mine fire off for a couple of k's to his to where his his care is and then we can as the sun's setting we get to scoot home together so um whacking putting four or five k's on a razor scooter as a near 40 year old bloke i'll tell you is that's a that's a fair old interval workout trying to keep up with the little fellas so um you know trying to build those sorts of things in to get you get you back on track get you moving get you smiling um there i find they're really good things to cling to through a period my daughter now has sort of seen me run seen my son start coming through and doing little athletics and um and uh local cross country um series is a 20 25 races a uh over winter where they there's a two kilometer event so he started doing those with me and the more she saw she's like daddy can i come and do one so mm-hmm. um she did her first 2k just before she turned four um and you know wore 
she she does you know dresses up in in a little you know a tutu or something like that you know we're not competitive but we jog around and we smile and we laugh and she she achieves something amazing for for a kid and um as a challenge my son now we found that uh, uh for adults there's park run milestones where you get a colored shirt be it 50 park runs or 100 park runs we found out that if you're under I think it's nine or ten or something, um, and you can do ten. You get a white shirt, and my son's like, well, "We got to get one of them, Dad." How many do I have to do? <laughs> like, well, we got to do it before Christmas, and we set up these little incentives that if they get out of bed, um, if they get out of bed on a Saturday and come running, they get a small slushy during the day as a treat. If they set a PB, they get a medium slushy. So <laughs> they. Um, they're halfway through a, a park run or something and going, oh, I've got to keep going, Daddy. I want the big slushy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, amaz- it's amazing how often the, the promise of a, a slightly larger um, 7 uh, Eleven slushy will kick them, into a, <laughs> kick them into a higher gear and get them a PB. But they're, they're setting PBs just about every day they go out now, yeah. um, just purely because they're doing it regularly, not because th- there's any talent in the family. Like we're not, we're not quick. Like I, if I can get in the top third or top quarter of finishes in an event, that I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with my performance. Like I'm, I'm not winning anything. Um, but I just want to, I personally just want to see what I can see what I'm mm. capable of and, and get a little bit better every day. And that's the sort of thing that I'm trying to, trying to instill in the kids is that, you know, you don't, you don't have to win. It's nice to if you can, but if you're improving and you're better than yesterday, you, you're heading in the right direction. Mm. And and it's that it's creating that environment, isn't it? Like it's good for you, it's good for them. It's that environment supports that same sort of direction of of, of healthy living or you know active living, as opposed to the other environments can actually lead worse down that way. Um, the unhealthy kind of side of tracks. It, it's amazing how they compound both ways very quickly. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The the thing that I I personally have to keep tabs on and keep checks on is one of the big reasons that I do these things is to set an example um for for my family and for anybody else who who bothers to have a look um that you know working hard having dreaming big working your ass off to achieve something you you can go and do these things but the bigger these challenges get um the more uh, the more risk you have of putting a set of blinkers on and not realizing you, you're losing sight of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've we've we've formed this pattern now. My wife and I. She's she's not uh, she's not athletic at all, but she's amazingly supportive because she sees what it does for me um, and what that does for the family. Is you know a better version of me and 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 me being. Um, more more having more self-confidence and more confidence in myself is is a better dad um but we we agree to what a big goal is um that's a two-person decision on whether it's mm. you know acceptable or not and after that goal's finished we we give it a little a little bit of time we give it a week or so and we usually sit put the kids to bed and sit down and have a dinner and um have a debrief essentially and go okay like how was it for you this is this is what you know i liked this i didn't like that 
this is where I'd like to keep trying this or I'd like to go in that direction. What do you mm-hmm. think? And um, try and, and she she is very accepting but also keeps me honest um, because it's very easy to get stuck in a groove of trying to try bigger things or try and do things faster or train a bit more and, and lose f- sight of the fact that, you know, I- I'm doing this to be healthy. I'm doing yes. this to set set examples for my kids and if my kids don't see me because i'm out doing six to seven hours rides on on a saturday or a sunday then there is no you're not fulfilling your goals um so one one big reason like as as a sort of i i guess one thing through all this is i'm curious I'm, i'm curious to see what i can do where i can go what i can achieve um and that curiosity can be dangerous at times but um we targeted an ironman um because having finished a 70.3 realized that building to an ironman from a 70.3 is a much smaller step than um starting from scratch and building to an ironman so if that was ever going to happen we're already halfway there Mm -hmm. um that first build i did by myself uh self-coached um and managed to get through my first Ironman um, under that mythical 13-hour bracket um, that, that's that's spoken about only by eight minutes or something, I think it was. But, um, you know, got in with a sub-13, which was amazing. And I, I, I came out the other side and went, I reckon now I've done one and I, I, I understand it, I reckon I can go faster. I'd like to see what I I'd like to, I'd like to see what I can do. Um, no and this is this was this was at this point was a was a genuine um a genuine discussion there to go like what what didn't work um mm-hmm. this was a point in time where i started doing um a good part of my training virtually or uh, indoors essentially so um a lot of swift riding because you can get up at four in the morning jump on your bike and and be done you know do a do a 90k ride and it's it's seven o'clock you can get up and have breakfast with the kids and do things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, or you get off the bike and have breakfast with the kids. Um, <laughs> so that that was the adaptation into that period was right. These are the downsides, you know, long rides on weekends. Um, you you know, the kids are starting to miss you. You're like, okay, well, that's absolutely not what I want. Um, so let's see if we can adapt. And um, I got myself a coach. Uh, through the Energy Lab Triathlon crew up in Brisbane, uh, Mark Gleason up there is an amazing guy who's who's done great things for me, um, and he helped me through that build and and the start of my uh, start of into into trail running and ultra trail running, mm-hmm. um, and and built a big program up um, to to see what was possible. Uh, and it turns out on a on a hard day up there in 2019 um got got the worst condition you know the tide turned just as i started my swim uh the wind turned just as i turned back to town like i got the worst of everything um really tough day and and punched out a sub 12 which for me was i you know i walked out of there going right i reckon that's it like i reckon you know regardless of time i reckon that was the effort that was Mm -hmm. what i was capable of yeah. Um and I'm only getting older now. 
Um, so I'm probably not going to get any faster than that regardless. Um, and uh, during our debrief for that one, um, we we basically agreed that Ironman training was just taking up too much time the older the kids were getting. Um, you know, they're at a stage where they want to be around daddy and everything and I absolutely want to be there for them. So that yeah. was the point where that shift into like for the, for the call it two months, two to three months leading up to um, an Ironman, I'd be depending on what, what process, what part of the, the block I was in would be somewhere around 20 to 25 hours a week worth of training. Um, that's on top of 40 plus hours of week at work um and whilst even though i was doing a lot at ridiculous hours um you know early early mornings late nights indoors running with a head torch that even if you're at home with the kids for a weekend you you just spent um mm. and it was just it that was the tipping point so now with with running um, there's literally only so much running you can do before your body collapses and breaks in pieces. So, um, you know, I find maximum tw- 10, 12, 15 hours a week maximum is what I can I can even hope to do. So I've instantly overnight got 40 hours a month back um, by, by just changing what the goals are. Mm-hmm. And and is that is that has that been a, like a realistically a much healthier kind of move like you're still obviously in balance between health and performance but i guess kind of looking at that sub 12 you're pushing into more just performance and maybe a little bit less of health in regards to family time and just the the world wellness and balance of things is is do you feel like you've kind of got that balance now i I try i try now i i in my mind life balance is a myth um because Life, life balance, uh, the image of life balance is all parts being equal. And I, I think in my reality, um, there's between work, family and self, like call, call the training and, and, and health me, um, there is constantly an imbalance. What I try to strive for is over the course of a year to have those imbalances even out. Um, so I know the last month or two leading up to a big one, the balance swings too, too far towards, um, training. Yes. I'm conscious. So I come out the other end and go, right, I absolutely have to let the training go now. And -hmm. I have to swing that pendulum and make up for what, for what, you know, I've, I've lost in the last month. Um, a good example being, um, during COVID, obviously everyone would know there's a lot of events being cancelled through that period. So um, training for things that didn't end up happening and um, and everything that went on with that, I was leaning towards trending towards Christmas, having not actually ticked off any of the goals that I'd set essentially. And I knew that that was that was on my you know that that was a bit of a weight on my shoulders and was was a thing in my head and I'm like, I just don't want to go into Christmas holidays um, striving. Like, you know, I, like I don't want that. And I, I formulated this this plan in my head because we, we UTA 100 hadn't gone ahead and I wanted UTA to be my first 100. I, I never try to achieve a distance prior to the race because I feel like there's 
there's something pretty special and magical in the first time you're doing it as you cross the finish line. Yeah. Um, and I set a, I, I, I found a 50 mile, so an 80 kilometer um, out and back course on the Great North Walk um, that sort of went almost from where I work almost to where I live um, through the bush. And of a, of a morning on the way to work, I'd, I'd go and stash some water and Coke and gels and stuff in the bush. Um, <laughs> the next morning I'd drop another one and the next morning I'd drop another one. And on on the first, like I finished work on the Thursday and the Friday morning I I started that route at three in the morning, I think I started. So I'd done the maths on how long I thought it should take and I wanted my aim was to be home for dinner um with the kids and that that first day of holidays I went out and did a self-supported 50 miler um got home in time for dinner with the kids and had just totally released that weight off my shoulders and went right I've just finally accomplished something that had been I'd been carrying for months not being able to actually get this done all year Mm. um and like a light switch I went I've got three weeks with the family and I don't even care about training. Let's mm. just enjoy each other's company. And, and I had to I had to get that out of my system quickly um, to enable to swing that that imbalance straight back towards the family um, for that for that period of time. Yeah. So if you look at it over a period of time, like you find equilibrium just at different points. I, I yeah. really like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but it, so I, I sort of work on it as a year. If I can yeah. If I can make the imbalances equal over the course of a year, because um, we only ever do one, the maximum of one big goal a year. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can balance the imbalances over the course of a year, I, I think I'm I'm halfway there. Yes, yes. So, so I guess let's go into the micro sense of things. What is a what would a typical week look like as to your training? How you fit this with work and family times? More on the you know a week to week or day to day type basis. Yeah, so I let's call it the last the last few blocks leading up to UTA, for example, when it's when it's at its worst, I guess. Um, I'd be up four four thirty in the morning. Um, I always do a bit of prehab with the with the massage gun because um, running pure running um, and not doing uh, ride and swim like you would for Ironman build is just the same motion for a long period of time. Um, so yeah, I, I find just hitting up the massage gun before I even, even take a step um, yeah. loosens everything up so you're hitting the ground running. So I'd get, I, I'd work, I'd want to be doing somewhere between 90 and 120 Ks on leg um, every week uh, through those periods. I'd, I'd try to do... Around ten a day, but I'd, I'd listen to the body quite a lot on what on what you're actually able to achieve at that point in time. That might be getting up and doing a five in the morning, um, because that's you know you're, you're tired, your body's not feeling great. But I might throw a kid in the car. Um, I'm lucky enough to live on the on a on a, a waterfront. Uh, sorry, work on a waterfront path, um, so I can easily chuck a set of boots on and and do a five six k run along the waterfront at lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be how I top up my daily Ks. Um, generally somewhere midweek, um, I'd get up pretty fairly early and do maybe a 20 on the treadmill, um, before, uh, before breakfast with the kids or before heading off early to work. 
Um, Saturdays I'd sort of treat as a recovery day um, and what recovery would be would be park run in the morning with my son uh, and, you know, some activity during the day, take the scooters out, um, go to the park, play in the backyard, do something, watch a movie, just, yeah. just, share, just share time. Uh, and then in the afternoon, do the do the cross country with my daughter, and I'm still. That's a good balance for me in that. Yes, you're recovering. You're still turning the legs over, um, but at a at a much lower intensity. But you're sharing time. You're creating yeah. activities to to share time with the family and with the kids. Um, Sunday, I'd I'd do long run day, um, but I'd I'd regularly do call it a twenty or a thirty trail run. Um, but I'd try and start that run 4.35 in the morning. Um, I found that was really good to get super comfortable with head torch running um, for ultra marathons. So the first time you weren't running with a torch was, um, you know, at sundown on your first big race. Um, <laughs> but it also meant that I'd be home by nine. So the kids and, and my wife, Sarah, would have a, you know, tend to sleep in on the weekends and, you know, wake up and watch cartoons and have a lazy start to the day. And um, if I could be home by nine, one of us would be on the bacon and eggs um, sitting around and, and still have time for breakfast mm-hmm. um, as, as a group. So it's, a, it's, it's hard, not like it was a hard transition to train that early, um, but it was the right the right thing like I, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a healthy balance doing those sorts of things during the day and mm. losing losing that that valuable family time yes absolutely so that's what you obviously had a plan for or that's what you were doing leading up into the ut yeah correct yep yep that would that would be my thing and and i'd keep keep a track of k's and you know if if one day i, would, I was just feeling under it you did just listen to your body, have a, have a rest day, do what you need to, throw in some strength and conditioning stuff. Um, I found a torture device called a stair machine um, on Gumtree during COVID for 40 bucks. So um, UTA is notorious for the amount of stairs that it's got. So through that, through that window there at times, um, my wife was doing jumping on the treadmill of an evening after the kids had gone to bed and we'd, we'd pick a show to watch together in the in the pain cave and she'd do <laughs> half an hour on the treadmill and I'd do half an hour on the stair machine and, um, you know, do a bit of that. I know, I know a lot of couples out there will have a show they watch together. We Just just for a time there, we'd go and watch it while we're getting our sweat on, I guess. <laughs> That's but, what uh, a great use of time too though, right? Yeah, just just trying to be conscious. Like, a, you know, I, I 100% don't always get it right. Um not even close at times, um, but I feel like if you've got if you're paying attention to it and you're trying to get it right, you're halfway there and you'll get it right more often than not. Mm. Um, it's it's when you're when you lose focus of um, of trying to keep those things balanced that that you you veer off course and it becomes becomes toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that equilibrium starts to not necessarily happen. Yeah, correct. So- so talk us through talk us through the UTA then. Was this like I mean massive like Ironmans? Like obviously that's also a pinnacle. Not to mention your sixteen hour row. Is the UTA like? Is this also just another big thing, or is this did this really kind of highlight for you or stand out? Different, another big one. Um, I still reckon Ironman was probably um, probably the biggest so far. Um, 
But this was this was um, there was a lot that went into this. There was um, it was supposed to be a six month build that turned into nearly eighteen months, I think, um, because of everything that had gone on in that year. Mm. Um, I I work in the uh, event marketing and and promotions industry, so um, you know we we had a you know a, a, a terrible year. You know, events disappeared for for six to eight to ten months through that period there. So there's a lot of a lot of stress on um, income loss, a lot of stress on what what you should be doing as a provider and as a as a father through periods like that. And and I had this event as as my 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 solid my solid target at the end of this, my light at the end of the tunnel. That you know, when you wake up and you're struggling to put put you know struggling to make ends meet. You can always get up, go for a run, and just you've you've got something at the end, you know, mm-hmm. like there's something there at the end. That's that's one thing you can do is always get up and go for a run or go for a ride. And just just use that as your escape, use that as your as your balance um, to get you through things. So by the time we actually got to this event, it was it had sort of turned into more than just a run. Um we had a we had a pretty rough day out there. It was I think it it got down to zero um, or very close to it, like during the day, not even at night, during the day. Uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a snow squall at one point. Um, it, was, it was a tough day out. Um, and they, they say Ironman, um, ultras, the big ones, it's, it's life in a day. It's, it's, a, it's squeezing every emotion that you you know, you squeeze in, you, you you experience in everyday life. You you compress and 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 go through in a day, and they're, they're immense personal learning experiences for me. Um, like I, I I flat out don't know how I would have got through the COVID period without a background of Ironman. And I know that sounds super shallow, but just having experienced a steady mind through tough challenges. And mm-hmm. the tough challenges pass, and having that confidence in yourself that you know of allowing allowing pain, allowing emotion, allowing those things to to flow, knowing that you've experienced them, you've you've done this, and and it will pass, and there will be things at the other end of this, and um, that's one of the huge life learnings that I've taken from these events. Is the builds are great, the um, the journey of getting to the event is great, but when you try and if you go out there and, and strip everything back, it, it doesn't get any more raw than ultra endurance events. I don't think you you mm. learn who you are. You expose you expose yourself to to things that you don't to emotions and feelings that you don't get in your everyday life, um, and learning how to deal with those and process those are takeaways that you do take into and 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 help you through the challenges of everyday life and um uta had all of that um it's uh you know there's moments there where you think you you could run for the next 10 years you're feeling so good mm-hmm. um there's moments where you literally have no idea how you're getting up the next flight of stairs um there was for I reckon from hour three to four um, of that race, um, there was this little voice in the back of my head that was saying, 
if you tripped and broke your wrist or did something, you could be in, you could just be home in a, in a warm shower in an hour or two. And if you, if you, you know, at that point, if I had a good enough excuse, you know, I, I, I would be comfortable with it. But, you know, there's, you're fighting demons. You're you're riding waves of emotion, of of power, and of everything. You just experience everything squeezed into this one event, uh, squeezed into into one period of time. Um, but but knowing leaving leaving the last checkpoints, I had had one of my best mates uh, come to crew for me. Came up to Victoria to crew for me, and he was in charge of getting to all the aid stations on time. Um, all the nutrition plans um, and, and everything that I needed. But he was also in charge of ferrying around my wife and kids to all of those, at, at you know, um, all of those points as well. And um, my daughter, I, I gave her the role of battery charger. And whenever I came into a into an aid station, the first thing I needed was a giant cuddle to charge my batteries. Um, <laughs> and my, my son was ready there with the high fives. Um, you know, my wife was there with the sensible words of um, <laughs> support and, and whatnot. But leaving leaving that last aid station, knowing uh, I only had 20, 22 k's to go or something to the finish, and I'd, I'd run that section of the course two weeks prior, um, just because I knew how hard that would be, um, and I just wanted to be familiar with that that section. Um, so that was one less thing to get inside my head, um, for the last hours of that run, leaving there, looking in their eyes. I just, I knew this is going to hurt. I know exactly how hard this is going to hurt because I've experienced it, but I will see you guys in about three hours. Um, and, you know, had this wild sort of reaction crossing the line of beating my chest like Tarzan or something. But, you know, that the, the year that had built into crossing that line was there was a lot that went into that race and um, it was immensely satisfying. Oh, and it, I guess it wasn't just the just the run, like you said, right? It wasn't just the 100K that you were ticking off. The, the race ended up meaning a lot more, especially with COVID it, and being pushed back. It did. That, like that was, that was essentially coming out the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. The, the race was the light at the end of the tunnel and coming out that other side was actually coming out out from the tunnel and and leaving leaving the the burden of um of that covid period behind so so what is 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 trail running something that you'll think that you'll continue with in regards to your to your sporting kind of endeavors and these like how you said you're saying you have goal or one big very audacious goal basically every year is that is are you looking at doing the uta again or what are, what's that going to look like in the next year or so well we're looking a little bit further so we've uh we've like i say i'm sort of curious as to see what <laughs> we'll see what's actually achievable here so um not next year um the race we're targeting is in february and my daughter starts school in february so we don't want to um, that's obviously a big, a big life change and a big, a big thing that you know I don't want to um, sacrifice and I want to experience to the full with her and and be there to support her through that. So we, we've sort of delayed the next, the next big, um, the next big goal until February 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, COVID permitting, hopefully by that stage the world will be a little bit more normal. 
um, but we're targeting uh, Tarawera Ultra um, in Rotorua, New Zealand, um, and I'm I'm using that as my big goal to see if I can see if I can pull off a hundred miler. <laughs> Just because the the hundred k in the Blue Mountains wasn't enough for you, <laughs> I I just I wonder. That's yeah. that's what it is. I wonder. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're curious. I am curious. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if it's. I wonder if these busted old legs will do it. Um, well, the way the way that you're going, it's uh, it's definitely. I definitely think you're on the way there. That's for sure. Like, yeah. 160. It's 100. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that. Yeah, give or take a couple. It's 162 or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah. I don't think the two is going to matter much. No, um, that's right. It's, it's yeah, what, whatever the little the little extra bit is. I don't think will will matter all that much. But um, like I say, with milestoning, um, starting to piece together some events this year, um, likely to try and give the Glenbrook Marathon um, a go through the Blue Mountains in August if that goes ahead. Um, very likely to do a 50 miler on the Great North Walk on a very similar route to the one that I did my my solo effort on mm-hmm. um, in September or October. Um, and there's a, a big event um, down in the Dandenongs uh, that I have have a little bit to do with. Um, watch out for for big announcements for trail running coming up in the Dandenongs in the next next month or so. Uh, runners okay. out there, there's there's something big coming that I. I can't uh, can't let on at the moment, but uh, there's potential for something fairly decent as a as a milestone race there uh, later in the year as well. well. I'm sure plenty of the trail runners are going to be <laughs> keen to hear what that's actually going to be. Keep you... keep an eye on the uh, the single track events website, guys. Jo- jump onto them on social media. Um, the the roller coaster event is uh, down there. That's a that's a familiar event, but there might be a few tweaks coming with that one. Uh, before event day well i think that leads us into mate thank you so much for for having having us have coming on here and you know probably just to leave it i would like to kind of get a last sort of message from you to send to dads like what's something that you could kind of sum up what you think that you've learned from particularly when you've gained your health and starting to gain your how do you how do you send a message to dads looking to better their health and performance it's it's doing small things regularly get big outcomes. Um, that that's the thing that I think if you, if you're looking for some um, something solid to sort of build build your training on, build your life on, build your interaction with your kids on, it's doing small things regularly lead to big outcomes. Um, that can be getting up and doing your doing your run around the block every morning. That can be Making sure you go on the on the bike with the kids every Saturday morning. Um, that can be making sure that one night a week or or whatever you you sit down and have a conversation with your wife. Um, they're, they're all those little things that stop, do little things. You don't have to have an enormous big goal. You don't have to turn into Superman overnight. But small things create habits, and habits create outcomes. Mm. Um, there's a there's a I can't remember where this quote came from. I read a lot of books, um, but I, this one stuck with me. That um, and and basically since the beginning, this has been the one that sort of kept me on track. Is today I will do what others don't, 
so tomorrow I can achieve what others can't. Mm. I love that. That's too that's, true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, people ask why you're out running around on a zero degree day, um, you know, before the sun comes up in the middle of winter and <laughs> you, you you cross the finish line of an Ironman and it all makes sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Absolutely loved it, mate. Thank you so much for coming on Fit Dads Australia podcast. Um, people can find you. I'm guessing the best place is on Instagram. I'll link to the to the um, to the links down below in the show notes. Is that the best going to be best best place to find you? Yeah, Insta's where I do that sort of stuff. I tend to keep the other the other socials for family stuff. But um, yeah, feel feel free to reach out. Um, always just struggling through and um, seeing seeing what we can do next. Mm, mate that's so awesome what an absolute blast but a big thank you to you too nathan like this the little the community that's been growing around fit dads australia is a good one um i think it's got a really a really solid message that um you know being a dad in these modern times can can be a bit of a challenge you've got to wear a lot of hats mm. um being a dad these days it's uh it's evolved a bit from what i what i like to call um 70s dad um mm -hmm. 80s dad that uh, my, my parents were, you know, it's, it's evolved past that a bit and um, trying to keep healthy, keep fit, keep motivated and ambitious um, is another hat to wear within that. And the, the community that's growing here is, is a good one and a supportive one. So thank you for your part in that. Nick, mate, thank you so much for your time. I am sure everyone is absolutely agreeing with me when I say what a fantastic story journey to listen to and to hear you go through your struggles and then really just keep growing as you've gotten older gotten more into these sports it's absolutely inspiring to watch while you're a busy dad trying to do everything right so guys thank you so much for tuning into another fit dads australia podcast don't forget if you want to follow nick please see all the notes and links down below in the show notes the best place to find Nick is going to be on his Instagram profile. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and like this episode if you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks, Fit Dads. Remember, health and performance, not one without the other. <laughs>